Million Dollar Sundays are here to stay. Playing a $1 million tournament is now a regular thing with the Million Dollar Sundays. Coming on Sunday, August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we're hosting a $1 million guaranteed No Limit Texas Hold'em Tournament, where the winner walks away with $200,000. This is our third million dollar tourney with more lined up in the future. You're going to love the Million Dollar Sundays Tournament with daily free rolls to win your seat for free, tons of satellites to qualify for a fraction of the cost, and free bank wires for the top nine finishers. Don't miss your chance to win part of the $1 million guaranteed. Qualify today for the Million Dollar Sundays Poker Tournament. AmericasCardRoom.com Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 43 on the OneOuter.com podcast, proudly sponsored by AmericasCardRoom.com. If you want 27% rate back from AmericasCardRoom.com, Simply sign up for an account by clicking on one of the banner images either on oneouter.com website or in the podcast notes of the show. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other episodes are available on iTunes, so just search oneouter on iTunes. Alex, I can hear you rustling about the microphone. <laughs> uh, yeah, how are you today? You must. <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm sorry, man. I. Uh, no, it's, it's I'm, cool. I'm, you know, I, I. Sorry to cut you off there, but we we just this is one of our we're doing a double episode back to back. So me and Alex have been going for about an hour and a half already, which is about our threshold. Um. So um. This one we're going to just batter through with lots of questions. Alex has been a little bit ill. If you listened to the previous episode, you would have, you would have heard all about that. So, Alex, how are you? you? You still fighting it? You getting better? I'm good, man. And hey, we don't gotta batter through this. I like talking about nothing for money. I mean, that's great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like life is yeah, good. life yeah. is good. I do. I we'll, we will batter these questions with lots of strategic content. It was like, eh, eh, but yeah, just, everything's cool. I'm good. I'm a little, I'm fighting off something. I don't know, all week just been out of it. But yeah, I'm a, I'm good. I'm good. Cool, cool. So um, what I was got, I've got here in a note to start with, because obviously the previous episode you guys would have listened to last week, me and Alex recorded the ending of it five minutes ago. So it's kind of hard to be like, oh, Alex, how's your... <laughs> Oh, what you've been up to in the last five minutes since we stopped, you know, for, for a break for like refreshments and stuff. So I've got here notes uh, discuss scoop because I know scoop's a way to start tomorrow. I think it is. So yeah. just tell tell us about your scoop ideas. Obviously, I know this year you're going to be doing it all with Twitch and stuff, and just maybe talk a bit about scoop, your hopes, dreams, aspirations, uh, yeah, yeah. and what what people as well that are maybe playing the smaller events and stuff. Just Let's just talk skip for a bit. That's actually really good. Yeah, well, uh, all right, let me give you my whole... I'm a big, like, give you the whole story kind of guy because I want you to know, like, the mainframe and everything. But uh, Scoop used to be a time of the year where I could, like, record every hand. And before this wonderful thing known as Twitch, I was the only one doing that. So I could sell the packs for 50 bucks a piece. And, yeah, <laughs> You do the math, you have a couple hundred cells there, it's a, it's a pretty nice windfall, you know what I'm saying? And that's gone to nothing. Now that Twitch is out, but uh, that's alright. I mean, it was one of those things when I was doing it, and I was buying the servers, and I was buying the web, uh, you know, like the bandwidth to like 
have everybody be able to download it and all yeah. that, paying the employees to fill orders. You would be amazed how much paperwork comes with that stuff. Like if you actually file your taxes and stuff, which is like, by the way, like who does that? Like everybody else who was living in Costa Rica would just like, you know, they would just be like, whatever. Right. But I'm totally like, I don't know. It's one of those weird. I would feel guilty because it's like they, I, I bash the States a lot, but it's like the high school I went to <clears throat> essentially taught you like, they gave you so much homework, but at the same time, so much structure. It was like you had to really become like a very disciplined, like small business owner. You had to set your own schedules and everything. And you did have to become pretty versed in a lot of different subjects. And yeah. And then like, you know, I, I wanted to study poker, but I had no money. Well, it was like, I could leave the garage I was in that had no heating that was freezing and had no plumbing and then I could go to a local library. Even this was in, like, the quote-unquote ghetto. It was, like, yeah, it was, like, a warm library. And it's, like, any book you would like to request, we can get it here within a couple weeks, and it'll be free for you to use. So it's, like, you know, not paying taxes, I feel like, kind of an ass if I did that. But, yeah, it was, like, there was a lot of paperwork and stuff. It was pretty cool. But, yeah, Scoop, I'm kind of – it's weird because I'm kind of sad my old business model is gone. But at the same time, it's kind of exciting because now everybody gets to see everything like 15 minutes afterward. Yeah. And then, like, you know, there's a lot of hoopla. It's going to be like, I mean, this is the first, like, scoop where there's, like, Twitch broadcasts and stuff, you know. And it's like you're going to be able to watch a lot of these guys deep. And it's like not that I'll be watching any of them because I'm lazy as hell. But, like, for you guys, it's really exciting. <laughs> You're not going to be watching any because you'll be doing uh, Exactly, things. exactly. I'll be deep in all of these. But, yeah, like my last scoop, I, like, cashed in a bunch of tournaments. I final tabled the $500 rebuy. And, uh, yeah, obviously that was a pretty large event. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm really in the last W coup. I won a 215 second chance. So, you know, like the last couple have gone really well. In the last F-tops, I took second in uh, one of their bigger events, the Sunday tournaments. So, like, I, I do well in these majors, and there is nobody more well-versed right now in tournament poker than myself. And that is just due to the number of hand histories I've watched, the number of hours i put in. Now, that doesn't mean I'm the best. I, I've always said my natural talent is not quite what others is but my work ethic has taken me much further than most of these people who maybe were at pretty t more talented than I was so I'm really looking forward to this because it's really a time for me to make my mark uh, I'm really happy to do it with the fans watching and uh, it's going to be kind of weird because normally I've been like recording how many airs I make per session I've done this before just never on Twitch and it used to be like if I had three errors in a session, that was extreme. Uh, I, I've had like seven or eight in my like recent <laughs> sessions. And that's like, you know, and I was like, is that because I'm paying attention to the Twitch chat? Is that because the illness was coming on? So it's possible I might not be able to like, you know, I might just not have Twitch uh, chat on. But like, oh. you know, everybody's going to be able to watch and like hear everything. And like, it's going to be pretty... Uh, it's going to be pretty fun. I think when if I get deep in, like, any of these majors, 
I think I'm going to have to like turn Twitch off because I don't want like the final couple. This is an idea I'm playing with. Like I don't want the final couple tables, like being able to like turn on my stream and see my hands and dis- yeah. disconnect protection is pretty severe at, uh, at those, you know, I was just thinking of ways you could game the system, but like there's some long time banks at some of those final tables. So I was thinking with the final two tables, I'll just like record it with Camtasia. And then the second the tournament is over, I'll hit play. And then anybody who's been watching, uh, can watch it right away there too. And then, uh, you know, and then we'll also, we'll be selling packs of videos uh, they'll be a lot cheaper this year because they're the market's a bit more competitive. Uh, but yeah. like, yeah, man, I'm psyched, and it's gonna be. I, I mean, this is just a great time of the year. I mean, it's just such a great testament to like how good poker is right now. And I mean, I always hear this crap like poker is dying, poker is too tough. It's like, man, if like ten thousand people are gonna get together to play a twenty-seven dollar tournament, it is not dead. You know what I mean? Like, life is good, man. Like, I mean, that, I mean, imagine that. In the eight, like, a buddy of mine, a real smart dude, he used, to, he used to fly to Vegas because he was such a fan of No Limit Hold'em, and hundreds of people would do this. They'd fly to Vegas, and they'd go to the Stratosphere uh, Casino in Vegas, and they would play a mock main event with a $100 buy-in because it was so hard to find No Limit tournaments. It was that difficult, right? And they wanted to learn about No Limit. And these days, man, just fire up like 20, 30 tournaments a day. You're getting in. My whole buy-in for the WPT was 3.5K. You can fire in 3.5K any day now. And like it'll be spread across 20, 30 tournaments, so it'll be way less variance. And this is where guys like me get to really ramp up variance. But like... uh, you know, you guys can, like, take some flyers with these $27 tournaments. And by the way, do not expect to make money. Like, do not expect to make money. Despite my success in these events, I never go in, like, I have to make this amount. Like, just because it's a recipe for disaster. I, I was going to ask you that. What, what is, like, you know, you're a pro for years now, and you're, it's not your first sort of dance, as they say, you know. So what is your expectations how do you mentally sort of do you sit and go like visualize yourself finaling these things or do you ex- not expect but like really hope and believe you know how do you sort of think or is it just another day another forty thousand dollars for you, you know? it's uh <laughs> yeah well uh sixty thousand for the whole school. sixty thousand sorry yeah, yeah if you're not if you're so. uh that's if you're not playing like the 22k heads up and all that. <laughs> like, so it's a pretty expensive couple of weeks. Um, I, I wish I could tell you I visualized myself winning, but one of the things I really enjoy in life is playing no limit hold'em tournaments, and I love playing them for big money. Uh, and as long as I'm doing that, I, I don't really in a weird way, I don't really think about the results. Like I just, it doesn't seem real to me. And, and, uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, uh, as long as, and I mean, to be honest with you, like the amounts you guys see us making is never what we take home. There's taxes. There's, uh, obviously I don't have $60,000 to drop. So I have sold, uh, I've sold all my pieces by the way. Sorry guys. I have, 
one one guy who has exclusivity rights. He uh, essentially he, here's the deal. He's like, I have to sell to him first. He gets first shot at anything, and he hasn't said no in years. So it's like nobody else gets to buy pieces. But like, you know, I gotta pay out pieces. I gotta pay taxes. So like, the amount never really seems real to me because I never really like in the moment think about what I'm going to take home. I always just think about it, it's really the situations and just playing poker. I really enjoy. I really like playing online high stakes tournaments. That's just something I enjoy. And uh it doesn't really become real to me until like it's in my account. So, but I really wish I had a little of that like let's visualize myself winning this. Let me visualize like you know, like, I really, I, I try to sometimes, like, think about, you know, the fist pump you'll have when you finally win your first, like, you know, like, scoop main event. Like, my scoop, my, my 120K, 100, it'll, it, it's listed as 140K, but we chopped it heads up. My 120K scoop score was a second chance tournament, right? And then, uh, like, just imagine making, like, well, even that I'd be fine with. Like, I, I'll, I'll take money from wherever, right? But, like, I'll take, <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, I'll, I, you know, I'll take one for the team and take that six-figure score. But, like, uh, you know, like, I just, you know, I try to imagine the, you know, like, the fist pump standing up at my computer. I try to imagine, like, I try to imagine all this stuff I'll do with the money. It's like I'm going to put my mom in a home, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna buy a property. I'm gonna build the house. Yeah, a, a good home. You're not gonna put your mum in a home. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. That's, a, that's a yeah, yeah. I'm talking just I, for people, for people listening. Yeah, you know? like I'm gonna, yeah. The way I meant it, the way black athletes mean it when they say it, yeah. not the way like <laughs> curmudgeonly white people mean it when they say it. But yeah. like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna put my mother like I, I want to buy land and build my mother a house. And it's like, I yeah. think about that. I think about building a small recording studio for like all the musicians I'm chill with here in San Jose and like producing. And I imagine taking time off to write books and I imagine all that stuff. And it's like, and it's like, I, I imagine like playing poker more on my own terms in the future and having more fun. Like, it's like, I really enjoy when I'm like, I'm a real big believer. You're never going to win if you don't enjoy the moment right now. I was really embarrassed. Like I was 21 in Malta with a condo by the beach. And I I, like, I didn't like leave my home for months at a time because I was so obsessed with making money. It was so important to me to become like someone in poker. And like, that's kind of embarrassing when you look back now, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's really like, you know, I really enjoy the day-to-day -day talking poker, learning about poker, thinking about poker, studying poker, getting better at poker. It, it's an incredible feeling. The, the first time you, like, play a no-limit tournament and, like, nothing surprises you because you, you've gone through so many situations, like, that is such a crazy feeling of competence and such – the feeling of mastery is so incredible like to know there's this game that confounds, you know, like literally millions of people around the world and you have mastered it is such an incredible feeling. And it's like, you just want to feel that you just want to feel that in control again. Like that's really what I focus on, but I do try to visualize the, 
I'm going to be able to sit on my ass and play ready to rumble boxing on <laughs> Sega Dreamcast for a week after this. You know, I'll get to take my first breaks and, you know, I mean, I, not like I really take breaks. I always, I mean, and like, you know, it's just all the. Does it excite you? Do, do you get excited still? Like if, like a young Alex Fitzgerald when he was 19 or whatever, you know, if told, right, you were going to get put, or even before you'd made, you know, the money, like a, a serious bankroll for yourself. Someone came along and said, I'm going to put you in this, you know, scoop series. Like, I, I know a lot of amateurs and like, or even grinders, like low, low limit grinders would love it if, you know, they could play a scoop. They would be excited enough. So what I'm, I'm trying to sort of get across right. is, does it still excite you the same way? Or is it just, you know, you look at it in terms of this amount's getting invested, etc. This is, you know, we might not cut, you know, we might not make a final table. In fact, the chances are, you know, the, the sort of probabilities and stuff that, you know, yeah, you don't go into it thinking, oh, yeah. you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to cut your wrists if you don't final table something. Right, right. No, you know, I, um, all right. So it, it does it really excite me. Uh, it really does. I really like enjoy playing no limit hold'em. I really love to work my craft. I, one of the things I enjoy most in life is to play No Limit Hold'em tournaments. And I, uh, like, I, it's such a crazy feeling the first day you, like, you know you've attained mastery. Like, there's this game that literally confounds millions of people on Earth, and you have mastered it. And there's days where literally not a decision comes across your screen that you have not prepped for and prepped for and prepared for and you are ready. That is a really good feeling. But if you, you brought up like when I was 19, you know, it, the excitement level in a weird way, I, I don't think money has like the money. I think the reason most people are super excited about these scoops is because of the money. The money has never really excited me the way it does other people. Like my, uh, my family didn't have a bunch of money and we didn't, you know, it wasn't a great situation. And, but, you know, I was always able to like scrounge up money. You know, I was able to scrounge up things and work the odd jobs. And, you know, from the time I was 14, I could make money and I got to have a lot of the things I wanted. And, you know, and I, we were pretty broke a lot of the time, you know? So it, and then like, you know, when I'm, when I moved down on my own in high school, you know, I was living in a, you know, I keep repeating myself in this, but like, I've said this a bunch, but it was like, it was literally a garage with like no heating and no plumbing. And like, it was, you know, I still had a good time. And, you know, I, I, I had, you know, I had a lot of fun like that, you know, and I knew a lot of good people. So like being poor was, you know, I had a lot of times where I was quote unquote poor. I really enjoyed my life. And I had a lot of times I had a lot of money where I didn't really enjoy my life. So like the money, uh, the money aspect has always kind of been a weird thing for me. And sorry, the dog is barking, but, uh, the money aspect has always been this like weird thing. like that's in a separate corner. I remember when I was 19, the first time I funneled table, the first time I played the $200 rebuy, I chopped it for $50,000. And that was back before there was a super Tuesday or anything. That was the tournament online for high stakes players. And I remember at that final table, I was just having the time of my life. I was like a kid in a candy store because, like, everybody would fold to me because of my stack. And 
I think if I sat back and I thought like this is fifty thousand dollars, this is what your mother used to your mother with a master's degree in education would make in a year and a half uh, of being a teacher. I think I would have gotten really scared. And I think in a weird way, you know, when I was a kid, I used to always be bummed because I was broke and. You know, there, there was things like, you know, I mean, really tough things like, you know, like, you know, like a group of friends are like going to go to the movies and like the girl you like invites you and you literally don't have like the 10 bucks to like, you know, uh, you don't have the 10 bucks to like go to the movies. And like, you know, the third time they call you and you say no, they just stop calling you. And, you know, like you can never go anywhere because everybody else, even if they have a clunker, they have a car, but you've got to take buses everywhere and it takes you so long and, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, you know, once I got to like the point, I was like, but like now I like, once I had a normal amount of money, I just felt really happy. And when I had an extreme amount of money, life became pretty severe. <laughs> like it was, you know, everybody wanted to borrow money from me. Everybody, you know, like there was a lot of stress. The stress kind of came in a little bit more when I started making money. So, you know, I kind of knew the reality, which was like money doesn't really make you happy. And it's, uh, you know, just making, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's really more about like, do you enjoy the craft? And it's like, I've really, I, I'm pretty happy I've enjoyed the craft. And of course there's a part of me that's like, you know, I will, you know, if I win, I can, uh, I, you know, I'll put my mother in a home and, not not the way uh you know not put my mother in a home like she uh like build her a home and like like put it there and it's like you know I'll be able to take some time off and all that and I think about that but like I can't uh it, it's uh you know it, I I don't know I get excited but it's a it's a different kind of excitement I think if I really was like riding the wave I think I'd get pretty exhausted and I wouldn't play like world class poker yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, good luck in the scoop anyway. I'm sure all the listeners are going to be checking out the Twitch channel and following you. And um, Yeah, I think you'll have a decision to make, as you say, if you get deep with the chat and stuff. So uh, we'll see what you do there. Um, okay, let's get into the questions. The first one is from Carlos Welsh. Um, hi, my name is Carlos Welsh. I have a question for Alex. The goat. He's calling you the goat, Alex. You know what that means? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Fitzgerald, uh, I'm thinking about moving to Costa Rica to play poker for a living. Nice. Uh, stalker. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Carlos. Uh, c- can you tell me how you first got set up there and what things I need to consider? And uh, by the way, guys, a couple behind the scenes thing. Uh, we, we had the internet connection. We were on three different internet connections and they all went out and how over it Barry sounded when we were at the end of our section was incredible because he knows he's going to have to edit it like for 20 minutes afterwards. So everybody thank Barry for all the work he does behind (laughs) the scenes because this poor guy has to deal with so much crap. But, uh, and Carlos Welch, by the way, is one of the, he's, uh, he's one of the hosts. Well, I, I, he, he comes on to the Thinking Poker podcast a lot of the time, so much love to those guys. They've had me on. They plug us. They're really they're really nice people. They're really cool, and we really appreciate you guys like reaching out. Um, Carlos and I are friends. If he wants help, he can you know he, I, I'll, I'll like direct him. But just for everybody else, 
I mean, a big thing is you need somebody who speaks Spanish. That's like, if you have a friend who's like Latino, like it might, and you trust, like it might be worth it to like suggest like, Hey, why don't we go to Costa Rica? And it's like, I'll pay for a couple days at your like hotel or whatever. Right. But I need you to talk to these people and negotiate prices. Right. And like, you don't have to like be a Latino. Like if you speak, like when people hear me on the phone speaking, like Spanish, even though it's like really bad, since I know like the Costa Rican colloquialisms, people go, oh, I can't rip him off, right? Whereas if you, you know, like if they know, you know, it's just like anything. If like you can sell a pen for $2 or you can sell it for 20, you're going to sell it for 20. And that, you know, if all the people who happen to buy it for 20 happen to be gringos, then they're going to sell it for 20 to you. And it's like these people aren't being bad. They're using the free market. I mean, that's how I tell, that's what I tell myself. So blood vessels don't burst every time they try to do it to me. But like, uh, I would, uh, I really recommend, like, it's pretty, it's not as hard as you would think here for a lot of things. Um, if you can speak some remedial Spanish, a lot of people speak remedial English, so you can get through a lot of it. I'd really recommend staying away from where a lot of the expat services will put you. Uh, a lot of them want to put you in Guanacaste, which is six hours away from San Jose, and it's right next to the Nicaragu- uh, Nicaraguan border. Uh, and how's the connection right now, Barry? Is it all right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, fine. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, just double-checking. But they, uh, I, uh, it, it, a lot of people live there, and they really enjoy it, but there's uh, – the, my internet connection was never as stable there. And, you know, there's just a lot more distractions, and that's mainly a touristy part. So, you know, there will be things like I, I ordered a pizza there one time, and they showed up, and they were like $32. And I was like, excuse me? Like, you know, and, like, that never happens in San Jose proper. Like, in San Jose, like, you don't tip the taxis. Like, you don't – if you leave, like, a dollar for a tip at a restaurant, they'll be like, oh, my God, thank you. You know, yeah. so – you go from that to like, you know, it's just the part of the country I wouldn't like as much. And also way more people speak English who are not like hustlers in San Jose, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just kind of expected if you go to a university here, you do have to take English comprehension classes. So a lot of people do speak, speak it. Um, getting an apartment, a lot of people will, they're a little looser uh, on agreements here. Like, there's not as much, like, if you, you can, like, get a local newspaper and, like, look it up. And a lot of the words in Spanish are the same same in English. Uh, there's also, ah, what's the name of this site? But, like, you just look up classifieds, Costa Rica, right? Are, uh, it, you will find, like, a lot of really, you know, like, $1,000 a month, like, a my rent in Seattle was $2,000 a month, and that was for a very basic two-bedroom uh, apartment. And, like, $1,000 a month here will get you, like, a house with all the utilities, and it'll be furnished. So, But you have to, like, look it up in Spanish, because if you look it up in English, it's going to be people who know their market, and they're going to be charging appropriately. And uh, they're Encuentras, I think, was the name of the... There's like, it's like, look up Costa Rica Encuentras, I think was the site you can find a lot of these at. Encuentras 24. 
my wife just told me because she's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, you look at, you know, you can look up there. Uh, the areas I really like, uh, there's a lot of like hill top areas. Like it just like 10 minutes away from the town, it'll go up into the hills and the climate tends to be way more moderate. And like the rent will be pretty good. And, you know, you can just take one bus and be in the center of town and you still get like a lot of San Jose's like, internet connection and everything, those areas tend to be a little more safer because, you know, it's, that's the other thing. If you go to the gringo areas, it's like, huh, I want to rob a house. Who's likely to have a bunch of expensive crap? You know, it's like, hmm, I think these gringos might, you know, so that's where a lot of the criminal element of Costa Rica goes to. But these, like the neighborhood I live in is only 10 minutes from downtown. And, like, people leave their doors open at night, and, you know, we all, you know, it's pretty safe. It's really safe. I've never, you know, obviously, it's, you still should lock your doors at night, but, like, it's not, it, it's really cool. And then uh, if you could just learn, like, remedial Spanish, it'll get you so far here. The people here are the nicest when it comes to learning Spanish. They'll, like, help you out a lot if you're trying. If you're not trying they're not like the French where they'll be like, why do you not speak my language? But they'll, you know, it's kind of impolite. And uh, yeah, uh, getting an internet connection, it's really easy to get a wireless card. Uh, I think a lot of people can get it pretty quick, quickly. And like, you can get a wireless card in like a landline. Uh, a lot of times getting like a landline will uh, be a little more difficult because the government owns the phone company here. And uh, th there are other, like, cellular companies that are private, but, like, the main landline a lot of times will come from the government. And uh, as all governments are, there's a ton of bureaucratic crap. And uh, y if you can find, like, uh, an apartment or a house where the owner pays all the utilities, that's pretty – that's really handy. And a lot of them will have furnished with the utilities. If you just look it up and in Quintus – and, uh, yeah, you know, and a lot of them have wiggle room on the price. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the greatest – this is my favorite country on earth. I traveled the whole world until I found here, and I just stayed put. Like, I just love it. You're an hour away from the beach. Uh, right next to it is the rainforest. Right next to it is the mountains and then San Jose downtown. Now, a lot of people don't like downtown, but I love it. It's got, like, this noir feel. It's very – like, there's always a lot going on. And it's like, it's, you don't want to be in downtown, but visiting downtown is pretty awesome. And, you know, you got like the old school markets, right, where you can eat like the same ice cream cones that the Spanish made in the 1860s. And it's, it's cool. It's a very cool place. But you got to expect when you come here, it's not the United States. Uh, some things are a little slower. Uh, you know, the people are nicer, but some of the services are a little slower. A lot of people are on Tico time. That's the thing that drives a lot of people nuts, which is guy says he's going to show up at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. He's going to show up at 4.30, you know, maybe the next day. But, like, uh, you have to, you know, you, you come to, like, learn about it, right? And uh, it's uh, the other thing that bugs a lot of people is that it, it, there's ants here. There's a lot more bugs in Costa Rica just because it's a more tropical environment. Uh, but, uh, like, the ants here are very docile, 
Like in America, we have what they call the Argentinian ant, which is like a very aggressive, large ant. Here they're like tiny and like, it's just like you can't leave your food out. And a lot of Americans like to this day, I don't understand why, but they'll like leave their sugar jar open. And then of course it will just be attacked by ants and they'll be like, how dare you? And it's like, well, you know, that's what an ant's supposed to do. Right. And you can't, can't leave your cap and crunch open either. Um, stay away from, I don't like the re, like the Beverly Hills of Costa Rica is Escazú. Uh, however, Escazú is also the most expensive. Uh, there are there is a lot of English spoken there, so a lot of people like that area. I find the prices to be ridiculous. I don't find Spanish to be that hard to like pick up. Like even if you don't like, I still don't speak it like well at all. But you'll understand conversations way more quickly than most languages. And we speak a very clear accent here. And uh, I wouldn't recommend Escazú because there's also, again, like when there's a lot of foreigners, there's a lot of money, there's more of the criminal element. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I think you'll, yeah, I think you'll really have a good time down here, Carlos. You should, uh, yeah, you should definitely check it out. And then, uh, yeah, uh, opening a bank account is also the other tripping point here. Before I forget. Um, if you want to open a bank account, I opened it myself with the national bank here. But you have to like, there's a lot of paperwork because it's run by the government as well. So you have to, you know, you have to have like an accountant certify you make money. You have to register with taxes. And it doesn't take that long once you know what to do. But there is some confusion and you'll need somebody who speaks Spanish. Some of these like services that will get you into Costa Rica I think they're charging way too much to deliver something you could do on your own, which is their job. You know, they know poker players are lazy, but Carlos Welch isn't, so I know he wants to save some money. But, like, the one thing you might want to contact them is, like, how much can I pay you to set up a bank account? And then, like, you know, if they, if they want, like, 100 bucks, like, go ahead and pay it. It's worth it. Compared, like, you, compared to how much time it'll take you to set up one legitimately – I mean, they'll do it legitimately for you, but they'll do it like, uh, like a lot of you can either cut corners with not a very good bank, which is not a great idea because then who knows if you can trust that bank, or you can get the national bank and they're they really cross their t's and dot their i's, and that'll take like ten hours. So you can either pay yourself ten dollars an hour to do it yourself, or you can pay someone like a hundred bucks uh, to do it for you. And that, that tends to be how I do most of my documents. And um, the other thing when you come down here, you need a return ticket. Uh, the, you don't uh, – if you, you, you want to enter the country but you're planning on living here, they, they, they always say we're going to crack down on perpetual tourists, but, like, it's never happened. Because, you know, like, uh, Americans take none of their jobs and they pay for everything that so they kind of like us but uh when you come into the country be sure to get a ticket you can get like a ticket from limon uh to uh bocas del toro in panama it's like literally a ferry that costs like 30 dollars right and you can say this is my return ticket this is my exiting costa rica right and you can just google it um you know like uh, i can't I, if you write me, Carlos, I'll, fi I'll find it for you. But there is one site that, like, will do it for, like, $30. 
Otherwise, you're going to need a return ticket to the United States, which could cost hundreds of dollars. And every three months, you will need to leave the country. And you can either go to Panama or Nicaragua. I recommend going to Granada, Nicaragua. You can get a bus ticket for like $30. And, yeah, you know, just hang out there for a couple of days, come back. And, yep, all right, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Yeah, good luck, Carlos. And I was only joking about you being a stalker, obviously, as well. So. <laughs> he knows, uh, he knows. Yeah. Okay, so the second question is from Martin, and it is, Hi, can you talk about how to be the table captain and boss a table, particularly final tables, obviously? I don't mean to just run huge bluffs and crazy bets, but how to assert myself a bit more. Thanks. Well, th- this is kind of like putting the cart before the horse. The way to assert yourself confidently in any situation is to know more than the other guy and to have all your bases covered. Uh, this, I mean, this goes for dating, this goes for business, this goes for poker. You hear me okay? Yeah, perfect. Okay, okay. And uh, it, uh, sorry, I made a weird noise on my end. Yeah, we have been having connection problems, but this sounds much, much clearer now, so it should be good. We've been attacked by aliens. I'm sorry, guys. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, I mean, just in anything in life, the question is to, you know, do you know more with – do you know what you're worth? Do you know what you're doing? You know, if you know that, you know, it's going to exude – you're going to look confident if every time you fold, you know it's the right fold, and every time you play, you know it's the right play. That's how you become the table captain. Um, when I was a kid, I always tried to be the table captain by, like, taking a long time with my decisions and, like, staring at people. This is how horses' asses try to become, like, the table captain, okay? Uh, the way you become the – now, like, when I play poker, like, I was playing at the PCA and I was just like having a good time and talking to people. And then, you know, like one guy just went like, man, like I never feel good when this guy's here. Like never, you know, he was just like joking around. He was like, and then a few people agree. They were like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, (laughs) this is this guy. Right. You know, and then, you know, a few, few guys said a few things about assassinato, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't that flattering, but it was kind of like, oh, this is what he tries to do. But honestly, it was like, you know, it's just like I happened all the situations that came up that day. I'd studied pretty intensively and they happened to work out in my favor. If they didn't work out in my favor, I wouldn't have been the table captain. That's something I couldn't control. You know what I mean? But they did work out in my favor and it was cool, you know. So uh, I, I think just focus on you know, just explore every situation that confounds you in poker as much as possible. And there's more tools out there than there's ever been with card runners, EV flop, Zilla, Hold'em resources. You can watch card runners videos and watch, uh, you know, you, there's Matthew John, lectures, there's stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you can like, I, a lot of times you don't even have to explore it yourself. A guy like myself and, uh, Ape Styles and Matthew John at Card Runners, we do like lecture series on specific aspects and you can just follow and like learn on your own. And, you know, it just, it's just hard work. You know what I mean? It's just wake up. There's no, uh, I, I think this is like cutting corners. Uh, it, it's cool to be the table captain. It feels cool. Right. But it, uh, by the time you can do it all the time, it's going to feel like nothing. It's going to feel like, well, 
you know, it just kind of turned my way this particular day. And then you don't want to gloat when you're the table captain because once it starts turning against you, you're going to sulk and you're going to play poorly. If you do, if you know, like how other people perceive you as nothing to do with reality, it's not going to hurt when it goes against you. And it's, uh, I think that's a bigger benefit than, you know, getting big for your britches and going uh, on winner's tilt when things start going well. So yeah, just, I mean, I, I know I refer to the same advice pretty often, but it's just putting in those hours and studying purposeful practice. And then one day you're going to realize you're going to, you get to be the table captain more often than not. Yeah, I would say as well, especially live. Um, this table captain thing, a lot of the times it's a pissing contest between yes. people who early in the tournament, they're three, four, five bet and six bet and fucking eight to four bet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, when the blinds, you know, the blinds are like twenty five fifty and they're sitting with like 15,000 chips. And honestly, the amount of times I've played in live events where you don't see them after the dinner break, it's yep. like... Or they, they, they'll accumulate a shitload of chips on day one. And towards the end of day one, they'll maybe take a beat or something, and then they'll be out, guaranteed, so within yeah. like three, four hands. It's just like there, there's no gears on some of these people. And it might look good when it's winning, like you say, and they're hitting the deck and everything's coming off, and they're showing bluffs and they're giving it this and that with their mouth, whatever. But how many of them go on to actually do well in the tournament? And also... Some people can just end up becoming the table captain in the fact that, like Alex said um, about when he was chip leader at the tournament, people just folding. Chips talk, money talks. It's like yep. some lucky guy can be sitting there with like two tables left, uh, like a Jerry Yang, you know, and he's sitting with like 20 million <laughs> chips or whatever. To trust me, he's the table captain with like, uh, you know, a, a huge bubble. You don't want to like, one. You know? <laughs> So it's true. It's like chips talk. And if you're at a, a table, two tables left, and there's a few people there where this money means a lot and stuff, and you have got a phenomenal chip lead, then by default you're the table captain. So there's different, like manager, there's different types of captains. You know, there's ones that are going to be quiet, like Alex says, makes all the right moves and plays comfortable in his skin. And that's probably what you want to go more rather than the noisy guy that's like, six betting and then laughing at people's plays. I don't think that, like Alex said, I don't think that's Never. a table captain. I think that's uh, an asshole. You, you, know? you just expanded this question so much better than I did. Like, that was really good. Uh, something I just thought of is, like, Eric Seidel is never the table captain. Eric Seidel is, like, one of the best players I've ever played yeah. with. Like, he's incredible. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, there are guys like David Chu when I played with him is, like, a very aggressive soul and like it is annoying dealing with him. And I can see how that works on, you know, some of the more inexperienced players, but at the same time, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, probably one of the proudest moments I ever had in poker was I was at a, I was at a 10 K main event and I just sat down with a bunch of guys that like, you know, they thought they were God's gift to poker, right? And it was like, if you open, you got three bet. If you, you know, like everybody was trying to get everybody. And I just, all right, you know, whatever, right? And I sat back and I sat back and it took forever. And I realized, okay, these three guys are three betting too much, right? 
and they see that too much. So, of course, the first like four hours of the day, I really wanted to play, but I, I didn't get to. And I didn't if I was trying to become table captain, I probably would have gone broke as somebody did at that table. And uh, so like these three guys I kept opening, they three bad and I'd flat with hands. I was raising calling with hands I wouldn't open normally, like 9-7 suited from early position, specifically to set up this situation. And then when they see bet, I'd check raise and they'd fold, right? And then I found out some other guys raised too much in late position and then see bet too much. So I started flatting them and like coming over the top of them. If they double barreled too much, I came over the top on the turn. If they uh, bet the flop, I came over the top. And, you know, I was trying to be like, you know, I, I'd say like I picked up a hand or whatever, right? And there was this old like 50-year-old like businessman from Chile. And like he, he, he didn't really speak English that well, but we were walking away from the table. He asked me if I could translate for him because uh, he was trying to rent a boat the next day. And obviously nobody could – he couldn't really understand the Bahamas dialect with his meager English, right? And uh, he was like, you know, you're a bullshitter. I was like, what? He was like – you knew what they were doing. You pretended like you didn't, but you did. I saw you. You were playing them. Like you, and it was like, I realized I was like, I didn't really think of it that way, but it was like, yeah, I just like rope-a-dope them. You know what I mean? I acted like I'm not going to play your game. Y'all got it. You know what I mean? You all, you be table captain. You the boss. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, and then, at the, you know, I ended up having like a 2X stack by the end of the day. And like, I was really proud. Like one guy turned to me. I was like, how'd that happen? I was like, oh, you know, I picked up a couple hands. Like, I mean, and that was kind of, that made me feel like sick. You know, that made me yeah. feel good. You know what I mean? Like that was like, I know what I'm doing, man. Like I adjust because in the old days, you know, old assassinato would be like, well, you three bet me, I four bet. Oh, you five bet? Now I six bet. Like, you know, then <laughs> yeah. I'm out. You know, I'm just so you guys don't think I'm judging. I'm not immune to this either. I, I definitely used to be that way. I just, fortunately, like studying the game, going back to my original answer brought up like, oh, there's some, there's some better ways of dealing with these guys. Yeah, it's true. It's just pl- adjusting, isn't it, to the table? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, taking, yeah. you know, I, Phil Ivey said it best. I take what the table gives me. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? You show up and it's like, what, where are they exploitable? <laughs> if they're really good three-betting, five-betting, and four-betting's not your play, you know what I mean, as sexy as it looks, you know, yeah. it's, it, you just gotta, yeah, you gotta, where will they look stupid if they do anything? Maybe it's a pot-sized check-raise on the flop, and they're like, you know, uh, I don't want to call this, even though I have top pair, weak kicker, you know, or like, yeah, any, anyway, yeah, 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 all right. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like that you do it and the question, so, ah, yeah. it's like some I said, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's inspired by all the old guys I would meet in uh, Ireland, like at the end of I, it, it, when they knew they were going on too long, they would just like, that was how they'd finish their sentence. Ah, yeah, well, you know, yeah. and I was like, I, <laughs> I always loved it. Yeah. But yeah. all right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the ne- next question is from Lewis. Uh, Hi guys. Could Alex talk about what he eats and drinks and overall preparation for playing long online sessions. Always looking for that extra edge. So any information on preparing better for playing online and in the zone more. Thanks. Uh, we talked a little bit about health in uh, the last episode. I really recommend you go check that out. 
uh, I eat, to be honest with you, I eat pretty big meals outside of, uh, like, uh, outside of when I'm playing. Like, when I, uh, I just went to see the Avengers the other day, and I went to Carl's Jr., and, like, Carl's Jr. is just, like, the biggest, greasiest burgers we have in the States, and they opened one in Costa Rica, and the Ministry of Health here makes them use, like, grade-A beef, and it is glorious, Barry. It is glorious. Like, and I, I love that with the fizzy juice, with the drinks, <laughs> with the soda. And, I mean, like, I love all that stuff, stuff when I'm off the clock, but when I... uh when I'm on the clock, uh, I, I start my mornings with like eggs, uh, a simple starch. Uh, a, a lot of people say you should cut all white starches. I'm not a, I, I, I find myself feeling really hungry and irritable when I do that. And I, I, some guys like I know have like cut them out and they feel really good later and they can shift to like almonds and that kind of fat. I, I just, I don't know. I don't care. I, I feel I, I I use like these really thin tortillas or I'll eat like a, a a little bit of rice. So I'll have like eggs and tortillas and, you know, I'll try to uh, try to drink a lot of water, uh, like a, a lot of water that really like inc- increases neural function. Uh, it's good if you can uh, uh, get a little bit of exercise in, but not too much. You know, you don't want to kill yourself before the tournament but yeah like during the tournament i eat pretty lean like i don't eat that much like because you'll get tired like at a dinner break i'm really likely to get like you know uh i'll get like just like chicken and veggies right and i drink coffee but i try to like balance it out with a lot of water and uh i drink a lot more coffee than most people but i've been i I mean like i've been drinking I've been drinking like a couple coffees a day since I was like 15, so it works a little different than for most people because you know Seattle, what what highest caffeine consumption, but uh, highest antidepressant consumption as well, and highest suicide rate. And uh, but anyway, I uh, yeah, like the the thing is is like you don't have to be religious about it, but like like at the WPT, I was I was just having a great day. I felt great. Right. And then uh, I, I went and saw a deli that was like, you know, and I love like my, you know, like my pastrami sandwiches. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. Right. You know, and this is everything I shouldn't be eating during the tournament. <laughs> it's like, you know, heavy carbs, pastrami. Right. But I was like, whatever, man, I'm getting it right. And then like, you know, I mean, but like if you're ever feeling like low on energy, you should really uh you know, you, you should really like small meals and 90% of the time I have like small meals and it's like, you know, it's just, it, it's just like meat and some veggies and maybe a little rice or something like that. Uh, try and, uh, you know, like, uh, trying to, I find carbonation makes you more tired than anything. I don't know why I don't, that might just be me, but like, you gotta be like the days I drink like a couple like sodas versus drinking a couple coffees, I'm way more tired with the soda. I don't know what that is. I know for some people it's different, but that I I've found like carbonation can really like mess up your digestive system and that can make you more tired. Uh, <clears throat> you want to make sure if you're going to eat like fruits, 
a lot of people eat fruits, but what I see them do is they go to the dinner break and they eat like a pretty big meal. Then they eat a fruit right after that. And it's like the fruits just sitting there decomposing on top of all your crap in your digestive tract, which is going to make you tired. Uh, That's my experience. I don't know. But yeah, uh, really small, like, uh, you know, not, not a ton of fat, like lean meats, a lot of water, uh, you know, if you're going to drink coffee, don't, don't, don't like hype yourself up on it. You know what I mean? Be careful and do a little bit of a workout before that. I mean, really that conditioning is a big deal, right? Like I, I have like the busiest schedule of any poker player I know, but I still like get out and jog and all that because like, I'll just be like dead during this scoop if I don't do it. You know what I mean? It's just like constant eight hour, 10 hour, 12 hour days. You gotta, yeah, it's a lot of conditioning. It's a lot of, and I've never had a student of mine go, well, I started playing basketball, pick up basketball for 40 minutes a day, and my results have just tanked. Like, that's never happened. Like, it has never happened. It's always like, yeah, I feel, you know, even though uh, it, things haven't been going that well, I feel way better, you know, like every single time. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm a genius. It's really good you pay me $210 an hour for this to tell you to get off and run, you know. But like, uh, yeah, it's uh, it just, you know, it's a lot of, it, 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 you know, keep it simple, stupid, is what I always tell myself, you know, every time I'm trying to get into some new fad diet or some crap, like, you know, it's just, it's really just basics. And uh, uh, yeah, that's about, that's about what I can recommend. I'm trying to think of if there was anything like a yeah, I think I think like you said, I think we spoke about it. It wasn't on the previous episode because this one was recorded the same day. But I think it's episode forty-one. Uh, we spoke about health and uh, stuff like that. You gave a few good pointers on people for people to like start small and you know build up gradually. That's right. Yep. Yep. And then uh oh yeah, take your omega threes. Those really help focus. I don't know why those supplements and other people recommend other supplements you can try them yourself i just heard about something like lityrosine or lityrosine is what they recommend in pop <laughs> i can't pronounce it i wrote it down it's what they recommend in uh this one one of my students was talking about it was recommended in uh <coughs> the book uh jonathan little did with uh the the mental coaching book with uh trisha gardner and I, I guess that works for some people. Bulletproof coffee is something a lot of people swear by. Uh, yeah, you know, see what works for you. Yeah. A kilo of cocaine. A kilo, like that. yeah. yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what the fishermen in Alaska used to do. They would be like, there were stories like, you know, like up in Alaska, they were like, yeah, you know, guy, this was back when like you could make like 70,000 U.S. dollars back in 1960. Uh, you know, like in a couple weeks, commercial fishing, they would, you know, they, guys who never did drugs any other time of the year would do enough coke to work 70 hours shifts. <laughs> and, you know, they'd go home and they didn't drink and they didn't smoke or they didn't do anything after that, but their nostrils were really flared and their eyes looked really <laughs> weird. But yeah, we don't, we don't recommend that. But yeah, just no, no. Little, Say no drugs. little Alaskan folklore for y'all. Yeah. Um, okay, next question is from, where are we? Kev. Hey, loving your Twitch stuff and can't get enough of this podcast. Thanks for putting it out. 
Uh, okay, I was wanting to know your thoughts on going to Vegas this year. Not playing any WSOP, well, maybe daily or nightly games, but also just tournaments at the Venetian, Aria, and other casinos. Also mixing in some cash games. What should I expect and what should I do to increase my chance of winning and have a profitable trip? Thanks. I think uh, the first thing you got to like look at is like, are you really going for like the Vegas experience? Like, do you really want to be in like a hot, musty, almost insufferable part of the des- desert to play cards versus some, you know, like a lot of like, you know, like gamblers and cheats and like low lives and also like great people, but also, you know what I mean? Like a real mixture if you're going because you want to be in that gambling environment, I think you'll have a good time. But, like, if you go in expecting this to be, like, your friendly home game or, you know, like, it, it, it just, like, you don't even think of the climate or you don't even think of the, what kind of people a city based solely on gambling attracts, I think you're going to have a really bad time. Now, making money – now, it, to give you an example – uh, my last Sunday, in like six or seven hours, I played like 1,100 hands. In 12 hours of live poker, I played 250 hands in a WPT, and that was a pretty fast, that was a lot of professionals playing pretty fast. It can even go down to like 200 over 12 hours or something like that. So the variance you're going to experience is really extreme. I think it's pretty fun, like... I love going to shows in Vegas. I love seeing some of the different casinos. I know this is sacrilegious, but I love the Venetian. I, I, I know I know Sheldon Adelson is like three <laughs> generations removed from the devil. To, I love the Venetian as well. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful property. I mean, yeah, it's a like I love you know like my wife and I go to the, they have like a little mock Italian bakery there, but it just happens to have amazing. Italian like uh, confections and the coffee is really good and God man just sitting out there and like looking at the fake Venice I was like I know it's BS <laughs> I, I know it's BS but God I love it man like or you know like going to shows at the Hard Rock or you know just walking the strip I mean even like I you just once every time we're out there my wife and I just walk the whole strip and sweat our asses off like and just you know try to pick up an ice cream try to like, you know, argue with the guys trying to sell you their crappy rap CDs, see the Bellagio fountains. You know, I mean, like if you're into that, it's, I mean, it's very fun trip. And I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff to do in Vegas. There's like, there's like a, me and my boy one time, we were just, we were driving in the middle of nowhere. I think we were, I I think we were going to pick up weed. This was back in the day. But anyway, uh, we were in the middle of nowhere and like we were, we passed by this place and we were like, what is that? Right. And we like, you know, we came in, right. And it was this very, it was a warehouse outfitted with nothing but trampolines. It was like, <laughs> it, it was called like jumping center or something, but it was like, it was like global guts, agro crack. Uh, like there was all these hills and like going up to the ceiling. There was like, by the way, it was just like a broken neck waiting to happen. Like, but it was just, just trampolines everywhere. And so we walk in there. Right. And my, my boy is like six foot four and I'm like, you know, and then like, 
all it's just all these kids, right? And they were playing horse, except for with like tricks with trampolines, right? So we were like, oh, dude, we're playing, right? <laughs> like, and then, yeah, and it was like, yeah, and of course they killed us. And, uh, but yeah, and it was like, I mean, there's weird stuff in Vegas you'll never find anywhere. You can fire like uh, M16s and stuff like that. You can go into like, there's the Pinball Hall of Fame, which is like one of my favorites. It's like got every pinball game you can imagine. Old Las Vegas is dope. Like, it's just really, yeah. oh, man, it's so seedy, man. I love it. So good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. So good. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. There's like, yeah, and there's like. I've actually got, I've actually got a Binion's t-shirt on just now. No shit. No kidding? Like, yeah, from like when I went. Uh, That's so funny. T-shirt. That's yeah. dope, man. It's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's a fun part of the town, right? It's like. Yeah. You get your steak for eight bucks or whatever it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> all, all you can eat steak for like six ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a place, I can't remember, is it the, oh, what's the name of the, it does like the shrimp cocktail, oh, the 99 cent oh, shrimp oh, cocktail. Oh. I know what you it's, mean. It's, oh, nugget. what's it, no, not the golden nugget, what I think that? it's next to the golden nugget. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, what is that? It's one of those, oh. old, it's one of those old school casinos. My yeah, yeah, and you get like, the, although I went in, I think it was like 149 or two foot. Like, they put it up slightly, but basically it's to keep it in line with inflation so you pay the same or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or it's just a Vegas hustle, but you go in and you get this, like, shrimp cocktail with, like, a Bloody Mary sauce and these little, like, salt crackers. And, um, yeah, that was, that was uh, good. And then I, yeah. I, I actually stayed at the Golden Nugget for um, just one night when I was there. Um, I went down, I was staying, like, on the strip and then at the Rio for a couple of nights, which was a complete dump. And then um, yep. I, to stay, to do the whole downtown like thing properly, I got the golden nugget for a night. Good man. I went to the pool there, and the shit goes through the shark tank and stuff. That, that, was that good is fun. so dope. Yeah, going to, like, yeah. that's another thing. Like, going to one of the, like, huge pools is pretty cool. Or, like, what was it? We, if you, you watch, like, the 4th of July fireworks, like, from, like, one of these rooftop bars at, like, the Palms, that's pretty amazing. But, like, if you go there just expecting to play poker and make money, you're going to want to die in six days. Like, it's just so slow. And then it's like you're in this air-conditioned room with assholes a lot of the time. And it's like, yeah. I mean, a lot of times you also, like, meet really nice professional people that are really cool. But you'll also meet, like, just jerks, right? And then you're like, God, I got to get out of here. And then you'll go outside and it'll, it'll just be like the sky has fallen down on you with the humidity and the heat. And it's like, it's like being on Mars. It's like, you can't, you gotta, I need to get oxygen, get inside, get inside, get inside, you know? And it's, if you're like, yeah, if you're not prepped for it, you know, it's, it's a little difficult and yeah, you know, be sure to have all your ducks in a row before you get out there because it's like, try, I mean, Around the time in the WCP, everybody's trying to get money from, like, Bank of America or whatever. And it's like, I had this recently. They were like, what was it? I went to Bank of America at the WPT, and they were like, all right, I can't give you hundreds. I got to give you 50s, right? I'm like, 50s? You got to get, uh, yeah, I got to give you 50s. I'm asking for, like, 10.5K, right? And I'm like, okay. Then they come back. We can't give you 10.5K. We can give you nine. I'm like, you don't have 10.5K <laughs> here. Yeah, and they were like, okay, they come back okay, we can give you seven, but we can change your card so you can get it from the ATM. I'm like, you're going to give me $4,500 in 20s. 
right? I was like, you're going to make me look like a drug dealer walking out of here. Like, you know, like, but yeah, I mean, you got to have your ducks in a row because in Las Vegas, everything's really separated. And if you don't have a rental car, it's kind of annoying. And, but yeah, it's fun going to all the different casinos. It's fun, like walking through the Bellagio. Like, that's really a beautiful property. It's fun. Pretty much any, yeah. anywhere. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I, th- I think what's funny here is, like, this is a poker podcast, you know, technically, and uh, the guy's asking about Vegas and going and playing, and both of us have not really mentioned the games, and like, oh, go here for, you know, this cash game, or go here for this tournament, because it's true, I mean, Vegas, yeah, it's a gambling center of the world, etc., and I stayed there for two weeks, which I found far too long. After ten days, I wanted to get home. And um, But it is an amazing place if you do do the other stuff. I, I made a point. I went up to... That's the Golden Gate Hotel, where that shrimp cocktail is, by the way. Nice, now. nice. Golden Gate. Um, I went up to... What's the one at the end of the strip? My mind's went blank as well. Where the... It's Stratosphere? The, no, no, the other end. The other end. Oh, crap. Um, it's got no, no, no. Right in the end. Oh, fuck! What was? It's got the the shark tunnel in it and stuff. And you go under. You walk under the big, huge gold one. I can't even think. I know what you're talking. The win? No. No, 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 no. That's not at the end, though. Yeah, no. That's before the stratosphere. Ah, oh, this is terrible. My mind's went black. I've got to do... Excuse the fingers. i got to do a quick... Uh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Quick, quick Google. The other thing uh, is, shit. be sure to go to, like, the real, like... Uh, the real, like... The, the casino. Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. Yeah, That's, that one's... Yeah. They used to have a WPT there. It's like, ah, man, they used to... But, yeah, anyway. Like, I went to Circus Circus or whatever that casino was the other year, and it was like... I, I went to, like, the pool, and it was, like, nothing but fat white people, like, hanging out on, like, their blankets from home. And, like, you know, like the, what was it, the, the like, the, 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 the amusement park was, like, from hell. It was, like, the greatest thing ever. I don't know why it amused me so much. But, like, yeah, like, yeah, we're not talking about the games. But, like, here's the thing. The games will be soft a lot of the times because a lot of people come out there who don't know what they're doing. And, uh... It, it, to get them to be softer, go to the properties that, like, you know, they're a little out of the way. Like, uh, their Binion's Horseshoe has, like, a tournament series, and a lot of people don't want to go to old Las Vegas. And, like, their, like, main event 1K is, like, incredible, right? And then uh, the Venetian is good because a lot of pros, like, will not play there. But a lot of wealthy professionals who want their wife to go, you know, have a good time in the property while they're playing poker will go there. So it's a, it's a good place to go too. So, you know, use your logic and, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, be sure to see the city, man. I mean, it's one of those cities like that's not replicated. It's like, it's crazy. It's a, it's a really bizarre place. Like it's not, yeah, it's replicated everywhere else. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it's, it, it is attempted, but you cannot get the gritty like bodies in the desert ground yeah. feel as you in that like just sweat dripping off of you god we're in hell <laughs> i guess you can get it in macau except for the yeah. yeah it's a but it's a you know like vegas is what it is you know it's high variance let's let's put it that way it's very high variance and uh yeah uh be careful uh out there you know there's a lot of nefarious elements don't don't uh don't, don't hurt yourself 
yeah, go go and enjoy it, and um, don't get too just poker, 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 because you will burn yourself out. Well, I've I found anyway. Oh man, man, uh, when I was out too much. When I was out there for like, uh, when when I was out there, excuse the fingers. I'm trying to save this podcast just in case our backups don't work. But uh, when I used to go out there for like nearly two months for the series, I was like, I was like losing my mind at the end. Like I just couldn't, it, it's, it's weird because you can't like jog. You can't like go outside and enjoy it. Sometimes it's like, it's just, it's kind of a weird place. You know, it's just a weird, weird place. Okay. Anyway. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- that's the last question for this show, Alex. Um, so, um, unless you got any other little riff on Vegas or that you want to talk nah, about. No, nah, um, we're good. We're good. But, hey, be able you guys check out that Twitch channel, man. Just uh, uh, while we're doing our goodbyes, go to twitch.tv slash the assassinato. Be sure to check into that and be sure to check out all the deals we got going on. I've like created a coupon book for all you guys underneath. <laughs> they're big in Vegas. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've prepared a coupon book for you guys for like poker products underneath. And then, you know, anything you buy supports the stream. You know what I mean? And it's like everything you buy, like supports the stream, supports the podcast. We're like, I'm the only poker player, like MTT professional, like literally putting out something for almost every day for free. But the reason is because you guys support the stuff that's not free. You know what I mean? And all that stuff I've designed. So like you don't pay and go like, that was a rip off. You go like, holy crap, that was really worth it. You know what I mean? And we're going to have deals all throughout the scoop on my Twitch channel. We're giving away stuff like every day. We do giveaways. It's really fun. You know, it's more of a party atmosphere in there. And then, uh, yeah, be sure to write me at assassinocoaching at gmail.com if you want to talk about private lessons. And, uh, yeah, uh, be sure to check out PokerHeadRush.com so you can see all, like, funny stuff that doesn't fit anywhere else, like blogs, and <coughs> you can read about me hating how sick I am. Uh, you can, uh, my blogs, my rap battles, my, like, reviews of books, and then we also have, like, you know, like, strategy articles in English and Spanish, and, uh, yeah, everything, you know, check out all that good stuff, and, uh, yeah, tell somebody about the stream, the podcast, everything, and Come play with me on America's Card Room. And keep your questions coming in for Alex to questions at com via email and on Twitter at com or post them in the Facebook group. Uh, until then, we'll see you next episode. Good luck at the scoop, Alex, and cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Million Dollar Sundays are here to stay. Playing a $1 million tournament is now a regular thing with the Million Dollar Sundays. Coming on Sunday, August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we're hosting a $1 million guaranteed no-limit Texas Hold'em tournament where the winner walks away with $200,000. This is our third Million Dollar tourney with more lined up in the future. You're going to love the Million Dollar Sundays tournament with daily free rolls to win your seat for free Tons of satellites to qualify for a fraction of the cost and free bank wires for the top nine finishers. Don't miss your chance to win part of the $1 million guaranteed. Qualify today for the Million Dollar Sundays Poker Tournament. AmericasCardRoom.com